Hello! Welcome back! We had a game on Sunday. We won! It's a good day. It's a good day. So, um, welcome back. I wanted to give it a day or two to kind of think about the game. I know some people like having instant reactions and hot takes. Personally, I want to come in here and give myself a day or two to kind of stew over, think about things, and really just kind of go back, look at the game, kind of see, you know, what stood out, what was good, what did we learn, all that kind of stuff. Because um, it's really easy to just right after the game come out with a quick hot take. Doesn't necessarily always mean it's the most accurate. But uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So on Sunday, Sunday morning, we had the morning game and Niners versus Lions. First off, crazy game this game was insane and one of the reasons why i wanted to give it a couple days is because i feel like the ending of the game did not did not really fit with the rest of the game in the sense that if you watch the first 50 55 minutes of this game and then you watched the final 10 minutes, you'd have seen two entirely different games. So I kind of want to break it down into that because the first three quarters of this game, three quarters were incredible from the Niners side. So yeah, just kind of thinking about like what went well. So, you know, the Niners come out and they were just putting up points all game. Debo Samuel looked incredible. He had nine catches, 189 yards, and a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo played really well. Jimmy had, yeah, like over 300 passing yards. Um, I took notes on like every single, almost every single play. It was kind of interesting. So first off, you know, as far as who is sitting out. So Mosley was out. Kinlaw was out. Now, those things would come back to haunt us throughout this game, unfortunately. And I noticed that right off the bat, Street was starting at defensive tackle. So, first off, Lions get the ball, and they were gashing us for big runs up the middle all game. And that was one thing that was consistent throughout the entire game, was rushes up the middle. The Niners were playing a very wide front. They were playing a lot more wide nine than I would have would have expected. And because we didn't have Kinlaw in there as our best run stuffer, because that's what he is, he's a really good run stuffing defensive tackle. Because he wasn't in there, they were gashing us up the middle. The good news was that they couldn't do anything else. Uh, it was like a big inside run, a play-action boot pass, and then Bosa stuffs a run, Bosa causes pressure, Goff throws incomplete, fourth and one, done. So, you know, right off the bat, the defense is playing well, but you can kind of see a theme early on, which is they're going to run it up the middle. You know, they've got Frank Rag now, really, really good center on the interior of their offensive line. And we didn't have Kinlaw, which means that Ragnar was going up against basically Contavia Street and DJ Jones or Zach Kerr. And they didn't really have good games. Now, Street had a really good game from a pass rushing perspective. He did get a sack this game. But the Lions were able to run it up the middle over and over again. And that was consistent throughout this entire game. So fourth and one, we stopped them. And then we get the ball and go figure, Jimmy has a turnover. The good news was this was basically the only negative that Jimmy had the entire game was there was a fumbled snap. So go figure, very first snap of the game that we have the ball, Jimmy fumbles the snap, Lions recover, and I was like, ah, geez, well, that was just weird. Um, yeah, but then go figure, after that, they try running it up the middle. They do pretty good. Aziz Alshair was looking pretty good. He had a, he blew up a big screen and first thing Detroit misses a field goal. So we stop them. 
they give us the ball, we fumble it, we stop them, they miss a field goal. So, so far, no points. A little bit of a weird thing, and we can tell they're kind of gashing us up the middle. So, uh, next thing that comes in is two big runs by Mostert. And it seems like that was what they were planning on doing, was they were going to rush Mostert. Unfortunately, after Mostert has two runs, he played four total snaps, he ends up leaving the game with an injury. We don't know how bad it is. Turns out it's actually pretty serious, and they weren't sure how bad it was going to be, and obviously he was taken out of the game. The day after, they said they weren't sure. They said, oh, by the way, it looks like he has some chipped knee cartilage. He's going to be out for eight weeks. And then today, Tuesday, it sounds like Mostert is going to be getting season-ending knee surgery. So we no longer have Raheem Mostert for the rest of the season. So huge bummer. Uh, it really sucks that we're losing Mostert, and we literally got two runs out of him and that's going to be his entire season. So it's a bummer. It's a huge bummer. What Raheem Mostert brings to the team, just in terms of like speed, physicality, leadership. Uh, he was a captain and unfortunately he had a knee injury and you know, what can you do? You have a freak knee injury. I don't know what chipped knee cartilage is, but they said at the minimum, it would be a two month injury. They were looking at about eight weeks and then I guess Raheem Mostert got a additional doctor's opinion and decided that he's going to undergo a different kind of surgery. So he's done for the season. So no Raheem Mostert. We got two rushes by Raheem and now we're done. The good news is that Jimmy's playing really efficient ball. And then we bring in Elijah Mitchell. Now, if you go back, I have been excited about Elijah Mitchell since pre-draft. You can go back to my early podcast. There's a really terrible sounding one with really, really bad sound quality from like early April. And I was talking about late round running backs. And I was this, like, this Elijah Mitchell kid. It's kind of like a little bit of a Mostert style running back. Upright, speed guy, power, not necessarily elusive, but he's going to break arm tackles. He's got speed perfect scheme fit we end up drafting him in the sixth round which i loved he had he apparently had a very good camp and then he was the number two running back today for some reason trey sermon was a healthy inactive i don't know why i'm assuming we're gonna see more of him next week but their plan this week was raheem mostert and then elijah mitchell when raheem mostert needs a break well, Raheem is out for the game. Elijah Mitchell takes over and Elijah Mitchell was awesome. He was hitting the gaps that he needed to hit, finding the lanes he needed to find. And whenever he had room, he was hitting that hole full speed and going for it. He had like a 38 yard touchdown run fairly early on and he had over a hundred rushing yards. So that was awesome. The offensive line on the Niners side, it was really good. So the Niners offensive line, dominating. The running back, Elijah Mitchell, came in. He was awesome. He had over 100 yards on, I believe, 19 carries. And that doesn't even sound that good. But first three quarters of the game, he was gashing them for 6, 8, 10 yards a carry. I think he was, I was tweeting throughout the game. I think that he was averaging about 8 or 9 yards per carry into the third quarter. The only reason why it doesn't look as amazing of a stat line with only like five something yards a carry is because in the fourth corner, they were finally just stuffing him for like no gain or for a loss. But that wasn't until he had already racked up like 80 or 90 yards on like 10. Uh, again, he was averaging eight to nine yards per carry for like three quarters of this game. Elijah Mitchell was awesome. And again, it really sucks about Mostert, but Elijah Mitchell looks legit. All right, if you hear some sound in the background, <laughs> we just bought a new 55-inch TV, so there might be some TV sounds in the background, so forgive that. Yeah. Anyways, though, yeah, it's football season. We bought a new TV. We got this beautiful 55-inch Samsung HDTV 4K. 
All right, I, I gotta pause and look at it because apparently it looks beautiful. One second. All right, and I am back. Uh, wow, holy crap. New TV, looks awesome. I can't wait to watch the game. It's gonna be incredible. So we had like a five or seven year old like 42 inch TV, it was fine. But it had like some burned in sunspots that just showed up like three months ago. And it was time, so we've officially upgraded. And uh, sounds like the TV is screaming in the background, so I'll try and edit that out a little bit. <laughs> anyway, so back to the game. So the run game, incredible. Offensive line looking amazing. Um, it was like whatever we wanted to do offensively, we were imposing our will. And that was what I wanted to see. We knew that this Lions defensive line was not all that amazing and we should win this game. That's what we said the entire game is that we should win this game. We should be able to win pretty much every single matchup. And we were. We put up crazy amounts of points. I'm not going to read through like every single one of mine, but... I think Jimmy was like nine for nine at the beginning of the game. And basically it was like run, run, play action pass. And then Jimmy would hit a guy for 15, 20, 30 yards, like just on the money and then run, run. And then again, play action pass, boom, 20 yard pass to Kittle, boom, 30 yard pass to Debo. And it was just, it was the Debo and Kittle show and, it was just, it was it was exactly what we wanted to see from an offensive standpoint. And I loved it because we put up freaking over 40 points. And that was like chilling a little bit at the end of the game, but we put up over 40 points. So that is nothing to scoff at. Defensively, the team was really good for the first 3 quarters and it was, it was really good. So I would say the biggest concern was that they were gashing us up the middle on run plays. So we really missed Javon Kidlaw in this game. I really hope that whatever knee issue he has going on, it stops bugging him because we either need, we need to adjust what our fronts are doing. We can't have such a wide front that allows those huge runs up the middle and we need Kinlaw in there stuffing the run because that's what he is best at is stuffing the run up the middle. Bosa was playing really good run defense on the edge. He had multiple tackles for loss, multiple stops. Bosa was awesome defending the run on the edge. Uh, but the runs up the middle are probably my number one concern. And I don't know what that is exactly. Again, I'm not a football genius, but... The wide formations that we had, not having Kinlaw, the Lions knew that they could attack the middle of our defensive line, and they were doing it. Contavious Street was not holding up. Our defensive tackles were getting blown back two, three yards. They were getting a gap, and then the running back would take off through the middle, and they would gain four, five, six yards. Easy. And they kept doing it. It was something that they kept coming back to. Now, luckily, when it came to pass defense really good for the first three quarters of the game. We were putting pressure on Goff. He wasn't completing passes. I think Goff started the game completing like like three of seven or something, not doing well for the first quarter. He eventually started picking up a little bit. Uh, it was either the second or the third drive. He actually went six of seven. So Goff ended up picking it up a little bit later on once he was getting into rhythm. Now... Again, the first three quarters of this game, I don't want to go through every single thing because the main thing was that the first half, we finished the first half 31 to 10 at halftime. Like, it was 31 to 10 and we were receiving the ball in the second half. So we were just straight up dominating. Uh, Trey Lance got to come in. Trey Lance only played four plays, which... A little bit of a bummer. We didn't get to see more of him, but the game just got weird. Uh, but he did get his very first pass. He threw a five-yard touchdown to Trent Sherfield. So that was pretty awesome. Trey Lance, he is officially one for one with a touchdown. So 
pretty good start for a rookie career as a quarterback. <laughs> he also had three runs for, I think, like two yards. They stopped him. It wasn't super exciting. So second half, uh, we continued doing well. Uh, Jimmy, unfortunately, took a... What, what did impress me was Jimmy played a very, very good game. Jimmy played really, really well. He was on time. He was on point with what he needed to do. He was accurate. He was decisive. He was elusive in the pocket. Jimmy G actually like juked out a defender a couple times. I think he shook like two would-be sacks. He took one sack on a play action pass, but I think that was the only sack that he took, which is pretty good. Your quarterback only taking one sack. Um, he was again, accurate over 300 passing yards. Uh, Debo again, almost 190 receiving yards from Debo. Elijah Mitchell over hundred game, a hundred yards. Um, those are the big things. Now, what happened in the end when it got really weird, the Niners were up at one point, it was like 38, 10 in the third quarter. And then I think what happened was the Lions scored a touchdown and then the Niners scored a field goal. So then it was 41 to 17. Now that right there, that's a 24 point difference. So in the fourth quarter, we were up by 24 points. Now what happened in the final eight minutes is when it got just weird and the very unfortunate news about Jason Verrett happened, which I haven't really brought up until this point. So there's about eight minutes left. We're up by 24 and then the Lions start driving down the field and they're doing it very, very slowly. Like it's one of the things that happened in this game was that the defense was playing really well but they were allowing some of these long drives to happen. So the defense got just tired, gassed, exhausted. And you think about it like Bosa, Ford, they're both having really good games, but they haven't really played football in a year. And they didn't really play preseason, so they're not like full-on condition. Bosa played like 30 snaps, so Bosa was like exhausted and like sweat dripping off him in the fourth quarter. And now the Lions are starting to drive down the field and they're having these extended drives where they get to second down and third down and then they convert it. And then they get to first down, second down, third down, and then they convert a fourth down. So they have these really long extended drives that are tiring out the 49ers defense. Now this is what happened series of events it happened very quickly lions drive down the field they score a touchdown then they score a two-point conversion all right so now our 24 point lead is now a 16 point lead still not a big deal we're up by 16 points they do an onside kick and this this is when it got really weird was um around the seven minute mark i think left in the fourth quarter jason verrett tears his acl and that really sucks. I, I have serious concerns about our corners because Jason Verrett was our best corner. And behind him, we have Mosley, who wasn't even playing because he has some kind of hamstring or knee issue. And then we got our rookie, Demo Lenore. And then we got Dante Johnson, who should never be on the field. So serious concerns because Verrett tears his ACL and now they're marching down the field. We can't stop them. We end up putting Dante Johnson in, and all they're doing is they're just throwing it at Dante Johnson. Demo Lenore, Diamador, he had an awesome game. But as soon as Verrett got hurt, Verrett came out, the Lions just started attacking Dante Johnson and driving down the field. And then Shanahan started pulling starters out, and he even admitted that he started pulling out some of the starters on defense because he was a little bit concerned and they were up so much. So we're up by 24 points. All of a sudden, Verrett tears his ACL, and then we have a bunch of starters get start taking out. So it's like, cool. We take out uh, Al Shair. We take out, um, we took out both of our safeties. Now they're driving down the field. Then they get a two-point conversion. Now it's a 16-point game. 
it's okay. There's only like four or five minutes left. But then they convert the onside kick. So they do an onside kick. It bounces funky, hits Kittle off the face mask, and then they recover it. So now they're down 16 with the ball. And now they're driving down the field. So now we try and bring our starters back in. So like Bosa was taking all of the tape off. He thought he was done for the day. Now all of a sudden he's got to go back in because they're driving down the field. They end up driving down the field. And all they're doing is they're running it up the middle. And then they're doing passes to TJ Hawkins and their tight end. Who had an incredible day. We needed to defend him better because their receivers were doing nothing against us. But TJ Hawkinson, he's a really good tight end, and he's a really good athlete. And if you don't defend him, he's going to tear you up. I think he had over 100 yards on us. They had over 100 rushing yards on us. They were running it up the middle. They were getting it to their tight end, and they were driving down the field. And we weren't stopping them. So I really hope that our defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, can make some adjustments to take out the number one guy. Because we didn't take away the number one target. We took away the receivers who were bad receivers and we gave them their Pro Bowl tight end and an inside run game. So I hope that D'Amico Rines is able to make some adjustments. So anyways, they're down 16. They're driving down the field. They end up getting all the way down there, putting in a touchdown, and then punching in another two-point conversion. So now they're only down by eight and it's inside two minutes. And it's at this point, it's like, holy crap, are they really coming back from a 24 point deficit? Now we're like literally a touchdown to two point conversion away from a tie game here. And so then they do an onside kick again. Good news. Fred Warner clutch as hell recovers the onside kick. Bad news is that as we're trying to convert our third down conversion, which would have iced the game, Jimmy drops back and they run it, timeout by the Lions. They run it, timeout by the Lions. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a third and long, and it was either run it, make the Lions use their final timeout, and then kick up, like punt it to them with no timeouts, or convert the first down. Jimmy has a perfect ball. He throws it. Debo catches it. And then Trey Flowers comes up out of nowhere from behind him and punches the ball out. So now they force a fumble on Debo. They've got the ball back. And now they're starting to drive down the field. And there's less than a minute left. So it got really intense and really weird. And uh, overall, like th there was very much two sides to this game. So we all know what happened at the end. We ended up stuffing them at the end, taking a knee. We end up winning the game. We only win it by eight, which was way too close for comfort. Um, so what did we learn from this game? What we learned from this game, I would say good, bad. So what was good? Jimmy had a really good game. He completed like, I don't know, 17 to 24, 300 something, like 315 yards, a touchdown pass. Jimmy was really good. He was efficient. He was decisive. He looked athletic in the pocket. Jimmy looked like Jimmy looked like good 2019 Jimmy or maybe 2017 Jimmy. I don't know what it is. He's good during odd years. Uh, but Jimmy looked really good. Kittle looked really good. He was pan he had a double pancake. He pancaked two guys at once. Kittle had some really good catches. He had one where he stiff-armed a guy and then ran for another 15 yards. It was awesome. Just straight up, like, he gave the guy, like, a hook to the face, basically, and threw him aside and uh, took off. So Jimmy was great. Kittle was great. Debo looked incredible. The run game, the offensive line looked really good. Uh, Elijah Mitchell looked really good. Hasty came in for a couple runs. He looked solid. So overall, the offense looked really good. Uh, Trent Sherfield ended up playing about the same amount as Ayuk, but Ayuk had zero targets this game. It was kind of strange. Uh, there's been a whole lot of theories going around throughout Niner Twitterverse and uh, podcasts and everything as far as what's going on with Ayuk. <laughs> What Shanahan said, and I got to take Shanahan at his word, is basically that Ayuk has been dealing with a hamstring for a couple weeks. He had a really good camp. 
He had a couple he had a couple of drops in the preseason. He's nursing a hamstring. And because of those two factors, Sherfield had earned the number two spot over Ayuk for this game. Which I understand because Sherfield was, by all accounts, amazing throughout all of camp. I didn't see camp, but during the preseason, Sherfield was awesome. He didn't drop a single pass. Ayuk did have a couple of drops. He's nursing a hamstring. I'm hoping that's the only reason why Ayuk didn't have any targets. And Shanahan has this weird thing where you can never count on Shanahan to do what you expect him to do. You think, hey, Debo's going to have a good game. No, this is going to be the Debo game. This game was the Debo game. Debo had nearly 200 yards, and then after him, it was going to be the Debo and Mostert game. You know, Mostert was going to run, Debo was going to be the target, and maybe we'll throw in some Kittle. That seemed to be the game plan. Debo ended up being incredible. Mostert ended up getting hurt, but again, you know, the rookie came in. He had an incredible game. Uh, Mitchell... And it ended up being the Debo game with a whole lot of Mitchell and some Kittle in there as well. Sherfield had, I think, two catches. One of them was the touchdown by Lance. And Ayuk didn't have any targets. Uh, he was running, all, it seemed like he was running out clear outs. So basically when you have your speed guy to kind of carry a defender vertical and then it clears out room underneath. Because uh, they were using... Ayuk to clear out space for Kittle to come in on crossers and uh, like dig routes over the middle. And that's why Jimmy was hitting Debo for those like 20, 30 yard gains. So I think that's why they were using Ayuk as more of a distraction uh, to clear out some of those underneath routes for Debo. So again, kind of weird that Ayuk didn't have any targets, but you know, it is what it is. Who knows? Maybe next week it'll be like Kittle puts up 150 yards and then the week after that it's Ayuk. You never can really tell with Shanahan. I don't think he's in Shanahan's doghouse. I've heard some people say that. Um, but the fact that he was actually on the field for, I think, 15 offensive plays, uh, as well as he received, uh, he was fielding the first two punts, I believe, before Sanu took over. I don't think he's in trouble. I think he just wasn't the target. And, you know, he needs a week to get, I guess, a little more focused or something. So, I don't know. I'm not too concerned. I will be concerned if Ayuk doesn't have a good week the next two weeks. I figure everyone can have one game where they're not the target. Shanahan is going to target a different guy every week. He's the master of picking matchups that he likes. Um, what else was good? Lenore, Diamador Lenore was so good. I think he had three targets the entire game and he allowed one catch. Demo Lenore is, he started this game as a fifth round rookie opposite of Verrett and they weren't even trying to throw at him. He was just, he was playing really well. So I think Demo is our fifth round gem and... Again, pre-draft, I didn't even like look at him. I didn't think he would be a fit. And then when we drafted him, I was like, I don't know. I don't really like this guy's game that much. But he's been awesome. And you got to give the kid props. He's played incredibly well. Uh, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Contavious Street, they all looked good. Uh, all three of them had a sack. Eric Armstead was also causing pressures. Eric Armstead seems to be like the guy who creates a lot of pressures and crush collapses a lot of pockets, but he's not going to get a lot of sacks. Uh, Bosa was really good at defending the run on the edge. And something interesting that happened this game was I mentioned before the game was that the Bengals rookie Penny Sewell had been playing terribly at right tackle, but their left tackle was hurt. They moved him over to left tackle and he looked pretty good. So they're, I think they picked him like third or fifth overall or whatever. No, not third, because uh, we picked third. So they picked him fifth overall, and he was playing pretty well. I think PFF gave him like a 74 uh, grade for the game, which is really good for a rookie, especially going up against Bosa. He held his own. Now, Bosa had a really good game. He ended up causing a whole bunch of pressures. I think it was like six pressures a sack, uh, two tackles for a loss, a uh, couple run stops, 
as well as a couple of quarterback hits. So Bosa had a really good game and he didn't even look like he was a hundred percent. He looked like he was like 80%. So I think that he's going to continue to get better, but just the fact that Bosa played a full game, D Ford came in, he played a full game. He was firing off the edge. He was doing really well. He was causing pressure. Uh, Drake Greenlaw had a pick six where Jared Goff was under pressure by D Ford D Ford caused the pressure, got in Goff's face, Goff threw into triple coverage, and Dre Greenlaw picked him off and had a pick six. So, you know, again, Bosa, Ford, the fact that they were both in there and they both played well, they played the entire game and there was zero setbacks, awesome. Um, The best thing that could have happened was Bosa and Ford come in and look good, and I think they're going to just look better as they get more and more into game shape. Because again, they didn't even play during the preseason. So this was kind of like their warm-up game. And they played well. Um, let's see, who else was good? Contavious Street was really good in pass rushing, not necessarily in run stuffing. And that kind of makes sense when you look at Contavious Street's build. He is definitely more of a three-technique pass rusher. He's short, thick, fast and twitchy and powerful you know he's like 6'2 280 uh he can squat like 700 pounds so he's very much like a a smaller interior twitchy pass rusher pass rusher who can also play like a big end um not necessarily a good run stuffer and he was not very good in run defense but he was very good in pass rushing he ended up having a sack as well as a couple pressures so Good stuff from Contavia Street. Um, I think that was mostly the game, mostly as far as the good stuff goes. So, yeah, again, you know, great on offense, really good defense. Um, I didn't really have a chance to mention Verrett or Ward, Jimmy Ward, but they both played pretty well. Um, Fred Warner obviously was pretty good. I did wonder why they weren't matching Fred Warner directly up against TJ Hawkinson. I feel like that's something they should have done more. So I'm really hoping that's an adjustment that D'Amico Ryans can make. But for what Fred Warner was asked to do, he was really good. So overall, offense, really good. Defense was pretty good, not counting the interior run defense. So I really hope we get Kinlaw back. Uh, the not good. Um, on offense, I mean... We put up 44 points, so you can't really say that anything wasn't necessarily good. I would say the not good is more of just the injury to Raheem Mostert. It stings having him out. Good news is we have three healthy running backs with uh, Elijah Mitchell, who looks awesome. Jamichael Hasty, who looks solid. Trey Sermon, I'm sure he'll be active next week. And then Jeff Wilson Jr., we uh, should be able to bring back after, you know, six weeks whenever he's healthy. I think he's eligible to return after six weeks. Uh, so we'll have him coming in for reinforcements down the road. Other negatives on offense. Um, again, I would just say Iuke not getting opportunities, but I mean, it's hard to give every playmaker the ball, but, uh, I mean, we put up 44 points and we didn't even need to give a tie you because Debo had 190 yards. Kittle had seven. He had, Kittle had a quiet 75 yards. And then we had over 100 rushing yards and a very efficient offense. So it's really hard to say something negative about the offense because, again, we put up 44 points. And even if you take away the pick six, t- cool, take away the pick six. So we put up what, like? 37 points on offense like I don't know how much more you want like that's that's really good so offense overall looked amazing obviously we were going up against a really bad defense but any day that you can score 44 points is a good day especially when 37 of it is on offense so not really anything to complain about um you know again run game was awesome pass game was efficient I was kind of hoping that Trey Lance would get more of a chance, but with how weird that fourth quarter got between the Verrett injury and then them, you know, making it a game and then the onside kick and then the fumble, I think that's why we didn't give Trey much of a chance. I do hope they give him more opportunities to pass the ball as well. 
because it was basically uh, that one touchdown pass and then just three like read option quarterback power runs that just kind of got blown up and didn't really make sense. Uh, defense, defense, the pass rush was good. Um, Demo Lenore looked really good. Ward, um, Tart, you know, the, the defense looked good. I would say bad. The defense, the negatives on the defense is a combination of, I think, poor scheming from D'Amico Ryans, meaning the wide alignments left the middle wide open for runs up the middle. So I hope that we can adjust that. Um, we also need to get Javon Kinlaw back because he's our best defensive run stuffer at defensive tackle. Other negatives, the Verrett injury. Verrett tearing his ACL. Um, we desperately need corner help. And I would say that was the biggest negative was the runs up the middle and losing Verrett because now our corners, it's it's not looking good. And we were playing pretty good defense the entire game, not counting the inside rush. But, I mean, if we didn't give up those final 16 points after Verrett uh, tore his ACL, then, you know, we'd be talking about a game that we won 44-17. to And if we win a game 44-17 and Verrett doesn't tear his ACL, I don't think that this game has nearly the negativity surrounding it. Because... We were dominating the game, and then they nearly came back and won after, a, again, a torn ACL to our best defensive back. And then just like some weird fluky turnover stuff between the onside kick and the fumble. So just got weird on defense. So as far as what's happened after the game, Verrett confirmed ACL tear. So he's out for the year, and Mostert's out for the year. Um, Mosley and Kinlaw, these guys are very important for this next game. Kinlaw needs to get healthy. We need him back. And Mosley, we desperately need him back. Uh, we ended up signing. So we ended up signing Josh Norman, uh, last week, but he was inactive. So hopefully he is able to get in shape enough that he can be active. We also signed Dre Kirkpatrick, uh, I think today. Now, Dre Kirkpatrick, he's similar to Josh Norman in the sense that he's a over 30 veteran who hasn't really played all that well. So I'm really not expecting very much from either of them. Our best bet, and what I really hope is, I feel really confident uh, at least so far with Demo. I know that he wasn't going up against very good wide receivers, but he's played very well throughout all of preseason and in an NFL game. If he can continue to be at least that good and put up average to above average corner play, I feel good about him. Plus, I feel very good about Diamador's durability because I don't think he missed a single game and he played four years at Oregon, so... He's, he should not miss any time. I feel good about his health. And his play so far has also been very good. Emmanuel Mosley is going to be the key here. If Emmanuel Mosley is back and he's healthy, he's solid. He's not incredible. He's not Verrett. He's not a pro bowler. Verrett was playing like a top 10 corner last year, and he was playing pretty damn good this game. We're going to miss him. But if Mosley can come back and play solid and Demo can play solid, we've got a really good defensive line. We've got really good linebackers. We've got really good safeties. We've got depth all across there. Kawan Williams at the nickel, the slot corner. He's really good. But we need Mosley and Lenore healthy. If they are not healthy... Huge red flags coming up because this is a passing league. And if they know that we've got a rookie and then a 33-year-old corner out there who hasn't really been all that good for a couple years, this could be not pretty. And I'm also, we're going to, I'm going to put out another podcast either Thursday or Friday talking about the matchup against the Eagles that we have on Sunday. Um, 
But what I will say, just from seeing the highlights so far, knowing what they have on offense, mobile quarterbacks and fast vertical receivers are going to be trouble if we don't have at least decent corner play. So we need Mosley and we need Lenore to play well and be healthy. Um, so let's see here. What else has happened? I would say that's the main thing. Um, there was some other things. We ended up signing. Who was it that we picked up today? We ended up signing a running back, Carryon Johnson. So we signed Carryon Johnson to the practice squad. Um, so Verrett, he's on IR. Mostert's on IR. They're out. So we ended up signing Dre Kirkpatrick. Uh, we have Josh Norman. We ended up signing Carryon Johnson, uh, former Lions second round pick. He's only 24 years old. He's he's a good fit, but I don't think he's the best person to choose. Uh, just because he he's he's a good fit for the scheme in the sense that he's like a one cut kind of running back. So he's really good for the zone running scheme that Shanahan runs. But he's been injury riddled his entire career. So I'm not too confident about carry on Johnson. Uh, the other thing, and it has been talked about and it has been happening. We signed Drake Kirkpatrick today, but the team is doing their diligence and they are looking around at corners. So there was actually a report that came out. The, the Niners had been looking around and inquiring and asking about different uh corners so one of them that apparently they actually made a call on was the vikings i think he was a third round pick last year cameron dantzler so i put out a poll on twitter and uh, i asked who should the niners be calling about for a trade and i said ideally it's someone who's a scheme fit on a rookie contract and what i asked was i said brown's greedy williams so if you remember Greedy Williams, he's a second round pick a couple of years ago by the Browns. Uh, he's a really good man cover. He's a good man cover corner, but he's had some injury and he's not the best tackler. So I'm not sure if he's the best scheme fit. Uh, I also put up Jaguars first round pick last year. who's the ninth overall pick, CJ Henderson. Uh, and here's the reason why I'm picking these guys. Greedy Williams is now basically the fourth corner on the Browns, so that could be an option, especially since he hasn't played amazing and uh, he's had a couple injuries. Jaguar C.J. Henderson, there was rumors about him being floated as a possible trade option uh, earlier on during preseason. Also, the Jaguars have Trent Baalke, who is an idiot, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's willing to trade one of the better cover corners in their youth. Uh, the Vikings, Cameron Dantzler, who not, he's, he's more, I would say Cam Dantzler is kind of like Demo in the sense that he doesn't have the most high-end traits, but he's a good tackler. He's really good in kind of a cover two system. Uh, so kind of like what we're doing, we're cover two, cover four, less cover three, uh, but good tackler. And then the final one was the Broncos corner, Michael Ojemudia. So the results, I had 274 people who ended up voting on Twitter. Uh, last place was Vikings Cam Dantzler with 10%. Michael Ojemudia with the Broncos. He's currently on IR, but he should be eligible to return in a couple weeks. So that's why he was an option. Uh, might be a good fit. The Broncos have a lot of corners. And if he comes back healthy, he could be a good fit in a couple weeks. Ojemudia got 11%. Greedy Williams, who I thought personally would be the best value, uh, meaning that you can get a talented, a talented corner on a rookie contract who might be available for a day three pick. Greedy Williams got 21%. Jaguar CJ Henderson got 58% of the votes. So it seems like everyone, at least in the Twitterverse, thinks that that would be the best fit is C.J. Henderson. I don't know if C.J. Henderson is available, and if he is, it's going to be expensive because he was a first-round pick last year. I would say that if we could get him for our second-round pick next year, that would be worth it. 
I think this team is going to be good. So it'll probably be a late second round pick. You're probably looking at something in the 50s or 60s. Now, we would not have a pick in the first or the second round. But what we would have is a young, talented corner on a rookie contract. We would have, he's only one year into his rookie contract, and it's a first round pick. So we would have a fifth year option. So we would have him this year. We would have two more years. So we'd have three years and then we would have the option for a fourth year since he was a fifth, since he was a first round pick. So if we could get CJ Henderson for a second round pick, I personally would be willing to do it. I think the team desperately needs corner help and we don't just need cornerback help this year. We need corner help for the next couple of years, because if you look at our corners, Verrett's done. I don't think he's ever coming back because he's now 29. He'll be 30 next year with, you know, five years of injured reserve and two years of good play. I don't think he's ever coming back. I love how well Verrett has played for us, but unfortunately he tore his ACL and he's going to be 30. So I don't expect him back next year. We've got Quan Williams on a one-year deal. We've got Jaquiski Tart on a one-year deal. Uh, we've got Mosley on a two-year deal, but it's only a two-year deal. And then other than that, uh, you know, Josh Norman, one-year deal. We just signed Drake Kirkpatrick, one-year deal. We've got a whole bunch of 29 to 33-year-old defensive backs on one-year deals. So we need some young guys on rookie contracts that we can have for a couple of years. So if we did get C.J. Henderson or like a Greedy Williams or a Cam Dantzler or Something of that sort, you know, a good scheme fit corner on a rookie deal. What we would have is we would have Demo Lenore, who seems to be pretty good. And we've got him on a rookie contract. So we've got him for four years. We've got Mosley. At the very least, we've got Mosley this year and we've got him next year. And we know he can play outside or he can play nickel. And then if we bring in CJ Henderson... He now can be our other starting corner. So if we did bring in another guy, we got... Mosley, Demo, and then whoever we bring in. You need at least three corners because you're in nickel the majority of time in this league. And then we would also have Ambry Thomas as our developmental guy. Now, I was a lot higher on Ambry Thomas when we drafted him. And unfortunately, he hasn't been good. I still think he can be good, but I don't think it's going to be this year. Uh, I'm really hoping Demo's good, and I really hope Ambry is able to develop quickly. Because we need them to. Because our other corners are a bunch of old farts. <laughs> and I hate to say that, but if you're a 33-year-old corner, there's a reason why you're available in August and September. You know, it's you're just you're past your prime. You're not what we need anymore. So it's going to be curious to see what we do. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean. Again, if it wasn't for Verrett tearing his ACL and Raheem Mostert being out with the rest of the season for the, the with the knee, this would have been a much more enjoyable win. Even if we only won by eight and we didn't have those injuries, I would feel a lot more enthusiastic. The fact is, is that we did win. We have a very good team and we dominated a team that we should dominate. Unfortunately, our best corner tour is ACL, and that allowed them to score 16 points in just a couple minutes. And that concerns me. But the good news is we won our first game, and we've got the entire season to make adjustments, to bring in additional guys. We could still make a move in terms of signing someone, trading someone, cutting someone. Who knows how good these guys are going to develop. Um... I'm curious to see how D'Amico Ryans does in terms of scheming. And ultimately, if our offense is able to play that well, if they're putting up 30 points a game, I don't think it matters if we have one bad corner. If we have one bad corner, but we're putting up over 30 points a game, I think we're going to be fine. Because if we, if we have freaking multiple first-round picks on our defensive line – a Pro Bowl defensive lineman, Bosa, a Pro Bowl, you know, best in the league middle linebacker. Our two safeties are really, really good with Ward and Tart. If we've got a solid corner, another solid nickel corner, and then we have one bad corner, 
it's going to suck a little bit, but we've still got an extremely talented team. And if only one out of the 11 players are a liability on defense, I think we're still going to win a lot of games and we shouldn't be too concerned. So yeah, it, it was just such a weird game, you know, like you're up by 24 points in the fourth quarter and then you lose one of your best guys on defense to a shitty injury and then it just got weird. And I think I think that what the team is going to learn from this is going to be big because after the game, there was a couple things that stood out. Uh, number one, the team asked... Kyle Shanahan asked the team how they felt about the game. And Debo Samuel said that nobody said anything. So I think they know what happened. And Kittle, after the game, he said that there were learning lessons. And I think that's what it was. The team learned that, hey, we are extremely talented. We can dominate but we can't let up on the gas. We need to make some adjustments. And just because things are going well doesn't mean that they can't turn real quick. We know what a bad fourth quarter collapse looks like. We almost won a Super Bowl. We were, again, six, seven minutes away from the Super Bowl win. And then it fell apart. This game, it almost fell apart in the final eight minutes. I'm glad that it happened this early and that they're learning from it. Because this is a good learning lesson. And I think they're going to take that to heart. They're going to come back. They're going to look at an Eagles team that was very impressive. At least from what I've seen. And I think they're going to I think they're going to learn the take the right kind of lesson from this. So again, it was a weird win, but it was a win. We're 1-0, undefeated. Next up is the Eagles in Philadelphia. The team is currently staying at the Greenbrier, which is that super super nice resort in west virginia and uh yeah that's pretty much it so team one debo's incredible jimmy was great kittle was great elijah mitchell looks like mostert jr and the defense is really good it sucks that we lost verrett and mostert but the game moves on and somebody's gonna have to step up so i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna go watch something on my brand new 55 inch tv freaking stoked about that and I'll be back in a couple days. I'm going to try and watch some of the Eagles games, see kind of how things are going, because I don't know a whole lot about them other than they have a mobile quarterback and they've got some really fast receivers. And it's it should be another fun game. I still think we're going to win, but we're going to talk about that next time. So watch for another episode here in a couple days. I'll catch you later. Like, subscribe, comment, share, Twitter, all the fun stuff. I'll catch you later, guys. Go Niners.